This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Steve Palazzolo, this time joined with our friend Seth Galina, replacing Sam Monson just for today. And Seth has the worst mock draft ever. They're all the worst. It's over at PFF.com. Seth, he drew the straw this week to do the mock draft over at PFF.com. So we're going to break it all down right here. It's not the worst mock. It's great. It's a great mock draft. And we love doing mock drafts because we get to, you know, discuss what teams are going to do and where things fit in. And Seth, you love quarterbacks, but there are no quarterbacks in this mock. So I got to know, where are all these top quarterbacks in your mock draft at PFF.com? Well, so yeah, that was the first thing. I was like, you know, I, I, for me, the mock draft is like, I'm not a draft guy. You're not a draft guy. Uh, we're not like talent evaluators. We like football. I think that we can, I can say that about both of us. We really just like football. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this mock draft. and I'm going to give myself a little bit of a handicap here. And I'm not going to put any quarterbacks in the first round. Now, I also have my issues with all these type, kind of top group of quarterbacks where I'm like, I'm not really sure where they all fit in, especially in the top 15 range. There will be two or three that go in that range, but I'm not sure where they fit in. So I was just like kind of handicapping myself and, and, and putting, giving myself um, a more fun task because that's, that's the main thing, right? Let's, let's have a fun exercise doing a mock draft and no one will be mad. No, and no one was mad about No this one gets draft. mad. <laughs> no, no one gets mad. It's okay. So, so I, I kind of like that. So you wanted to focus on as you're going team by team, where are their needs? What are the best fits? Which players do fit what they like to do? Um, and right off the top, going with uh, offensive tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi State. He's one of your guys in this draft. It seems like this number one pick has gone from, well, it's got to be one of those couple defensive linemen to maybe it's going to be Evan Neal as a tackle. And you're going with Cross from Mississippi State. Why'd you go that path? Why tackle and why Charles Cross? So the first thing, I think the Jaguars are, such an, are in such an interesting spot and maybe not even a great spot at, with the number one pick. The issue is that because there's no top quarterback available, they can't really trade out of this pick. Like you would love to say, okay, let's we're going to take a tackle or we're going to take an edge player. And we're going to say, hey, we don't really care which one because we have tier one grades on Cross, Equanu, and Neil. And whoever, we're going to trade back and whoever falls to us at six or seven or five or whatever – We'll take, we're not overconfident in our scouting. We love all three of them. We'll take whoever falls to us. The problem is like with no quarterback as that, as that elite number one overall type pick player, no one's going to trade up with them to get to go to number one, right? Like that's just not going to happen. So now you're stuck with saying like, we got to make the right evaluation. Um, so, and I think they can go either way. And I've seen mocks with Equanu as number one. I've seen mocks with Neil as number one. And now I have this mock with Charles Cross number one. I think he's great. <laughs> I think he's great. Like, I think he's as smooth, as smart, um, as technical. I think he's probably the most technical, refined um, offensive tackle in the draft. I think Evan Neal, obviously, is a really big player. And, and he's very technical, too. I'm not saying he's not. But I think Cross is just, like, on another level in terms of his technique. And he's, and he's gotten there very quickly. You know, five-star prospect, 
goes to a triple option school. That's basically what Mississippi State was at the time. And then they transitioned to an air raid pass heavy team. And it took a year for that whole offense to figure everything out. And then you saw a year later, second year in the offense, and he is just stonewalling absolutely everyone. They're passing off stunts at a super high level. And to me, he's, again, like those three are tier one for me. I, if I have to make a pick, it's Charles Cross, but you can't really go wrong with either three of them. Yeah, it is It is interesting. It seems like uh, tackle is definitely trending for the Jaguars because there's, there's safety uh, seemingly in that offensive line selection. Which, may, which brings me to pick number two. You're going Derek Stingley, the great corner out of LSU, going to the Lions, the best freshman we've ever seen at corner. Man, I, Sam and I have been debating Stingley at one, right? The high-impact position that cornerback is in today's NFL. The hit rate, it's not as clean as some of these other positions, but when you hit, the payoff is incredible, and Stingley seems like he definitely has that high payoff ability. The, the story that I love about Stingley is that he came in in 2018. LSU was preparing for the Fiesta Bowl against Central Florida. And he came in before his kind of his high school career was over. I guess he had graduated early or something and he was able to enroll in, 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 in early for those practices at the end of the 2018 season. And the reports were that he was the best cornerback there. And then you saw that in 2019, his true freshman season, you know, one of the best non-quarterback seasons we've seen in at, in, uh, in the PFF college era. Obviously, there's issues in 2020, 2021. The injury stuff and just the whole defense collapsed at LSU. The whole program collapsed at LSU after winning the national title. You can't hold that against him. And I think what, you, you look at the high-level play, you look at the fact that he did it at such a young age. Um, and and the press man technique is smooth. He's such a smooth mover, um, ball playing type of guy, you know, ball in the air type of guy. And to me, he's like the best overall player in the draft. But I do think there are concerns and, and why I agree with you guys that he could go number one. Um, you know, the concerns is really just the injury and, and, the, and LSU's issues uh, after 2019. Well, it's the moment we've been waiting for since September. It's finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook's now live in New York, meaning you can bet in from almost a third of the country. Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state. Play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56, and new customers can get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. It's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older and you see DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, we'll be having that Stingley debate for a while because, uh, honestly, that freshman season, we haven't seen much like it uh, from any corner. Love the story that he's basically, you know, just a kid and in, in, in competing you know, with SEC players. But, yeah, there was a drop-off with injuries and performance over these last couple of years. Um, anybody else – anything else stand out to you in that top ten? We see Aiden Hutchinson going to the Houston Texans. Evan Neal goes to the Jets. Kyle Hamilton to the Giants. The Giants at five and seven. You had Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, the uh, the center from Iowa, who might be the best center prospect we've ever seen. There are a lot of game changing opportunities for the two New York teams here. Yeah, so I think Linderbaum. Maybe maybe I, I went a little overboard on 
on Linderbaum, you know, considering he's a center. But we are seeing this change in how football is going to be played going forward. We're seeing interior offensive linemen, interior defensive linemen have to provide more value. You're playing with all these two high safety looks. Teams are saying, hey, we we, we want to stop you. We want to stop the running game by playing with light boxes. If you play with light boxes, your interior defensive uh, lineman and your your Mike linebacker has got to be ballers. And the same can be said on the offense. If you're going to have to run the ball against light boxes, you want your center and your guards to be really good. Now, I probably should have given the Giants Thibodeau if he was available in my mock draft. However, however, I think Linderbaum is a really, really good player. And I gave a guard. I I give Zion Johnson to a team at 16, I think, who I think is a really good player, a really underrated player. I think he the goes high, to the Eagles, right? At sixteen, uh, I got to replace the, the the legend Brandon Brooks. Um, I think the Hutchinson Thibodeau debate is fascinating because it, it really is a guy who, in Hutchinson, who is quote unquote pro ready. He's got everything you want from a run stopping perspective, great strength, always knocking tackles back, and then making a play explosive right off the ball. You don't see the bend. Like you want to see a guy who you know is going to win the corner on on an NFL offensive tackle. So you're like, oh, well, you know, that's kind of an issue. And then you look at the other side and you say, here's Thibodeau. Doesn't really have the pass rush moves. Not amazing against the run. Doesn't have that hand usage. But maybe he's got the bend. And then it's like, oh, well, I, you know, if the guy's going to fill out and, and figure out, you know, how to play, that bend is is invaluable. And it's like, and maybe Hutchinson figures that out. You know, maybe it's the first offseason. He gets in with the coach and they figure out how to get his lean better and all that stuff. And he becomes this dominant, dominant player. But I think that's, that's for me, one of the more interesting discussions um, uh, with those two players, at least. Yeah, the problem with me for the two edges is you, you just mentioned there are flaws in their game. And we're coming off of a six or seven year period where we saw a few prospects with no flaws in their game. The Boses, Miles Garrett. Uh, Chase Young, right? And, and those guys, for the most part, uh, went from high production with all the traits in college, and it carried over seamlessly to the NFL. So when you're picking in that top five or top ten, you really want those those slam dunk guys. Really quick, your thoughts on the receiver class? Who's the best? And you know, how do you separate some of these receivers in a you know at a position where they've the NFL's just seen a whole influx of really good receivers the last couple of years? Well, I mean, just receiver as a whole, I think has, you know, we're going to see this for the next, I don't know, 10 years. As we've seen like the spread offense era in high school football kind of take off, let's say 10, 10 years ago, something like that, maybe even longer than that. Receivers are just getting better and better. And they're going to these clinics, um, you know, on the offseason. They're, they're working with footwork coaches, doing all that stuff. They're just such a glut of really, really great receivers coming out year in, year out. So I think you could always find a guy in the late first, early second. We've seen that. We've seen that now for five straight years, where there's just this this, this run on receivers in that really in that time zone, that like you know 25 to 45 type of pick range. So you can find a guy there. I like I like Drake London. I think he's just and, I, and I'm yeah. I'm kind of scared to like him too much. Because like you know, contested catch guys, do they work out? Because he's so big. But you don't believe the big. It's kind of like the Mike Evans factor, right? You know, he's too big to be that good, right? Right. And if he turns, but the thing is, if he turns out to be Mike Evans, then you're cooking, right? But then, then he's great. Then when I watch him at USC, I'm like, oh, they they throw him bubble screens, they throw him tunnel screens. Like he's a little more than 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 just the contested catch guy and that and i like that you know with garrett wilson you're getting an acrobat like a true acrobatic type of player and then his teammate chris olave is probably the most 
pro-ready, kind of hate to use that word even though I've used it twice now, like surefire kind of prospect who who I'm kind of hoping my, my New Orleans Saints go after like I did in the IMR draft. Nice, yeah, nice pick for the Saints there. So, uh, Seth, the whole mock draft, it's over at pff.com. Appreciate you being on here. You guys can check out all of Seth's work with his guy, Deontay Lee, all part of the Too High podcast here on the YouTube channel or wherever you download your podcast. Appreciate Seth joining us. Go tear apart his mock draft. It's over at pff.com. It's a PFF NFL Daily. Daily.